This is the Keep Them Healthy with Jamie podcast. Season two is here with a focus on women's health. Don't forget to share and rate this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Keep Them Healthy podcast. This is your host, Jamie. Today on my show, I have Dr. Laura Donna Shapson, and we are going to be talking about bloat and IBS in relationship with the hormone estrogen. As I remind everyone, we are focusing on women's health, and estrogen is a huge hormone that we uh, as women uh, have re- rely on on the day to day. So Dr. Laura Donna, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. So let's just get started and let's just talk about um, what you do for clients who have bloat and IBS and how you correlate that with their hormones. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a pretty loaded question. So one thing I notice is that a lot of patients that come into my office, bloat is really common. So we really should start out, well, what is bloating, right? So what, what causes that? And so it's really an imbalance in your gut microbes that they really start releasing gas and it gets trapped in your small intestines or it go higher into your stomach and that causes belching and burping. And so it's really this core issue of a gut imbalance. And so when we start working with patients with bloating, we have to understand well, why is this happening? What causes this gut imbalance? And so if we can filter this down into two topics, two issues, like we said, the first is gut imbalance. And what causes that is overuse of antibiotics. And that could be antibiotics from prescriptions and also from antibiotics in your meat products. So unfortunately, that's a big, big, big user of antibiotics in the United States is on agriculture and on livestock. It's hidden. Ugh. Yes. So there we're getting uh, we're getting slow doses of antibiotics in our food every day. And then we could talk about things like pesticides, herbicides. They're another word for antibiotic. They kill the good guys in our GI tract. Chlorine in your tap water is there to kill microbes. Unfortunately, when we drink tap water, we're actually absorbing that chlorine and it's actually just messing up this delicate balance in our GI tract. What we eat matters. This is probably the biggest thing. Your gut eats what you eat. So if you are eating a low fiber diet, you're starving your gut bacteria. If you're eating a lot of sugars or starches or refined flours, you're feeding the wrong types of bacteria and they're overgrowing. So, and we eat a lot of processed foods with a lot of chemicals. So there's a lot of things that are in our day to day that we can control to really correct this gut imbalance. And it starts with your diet. Right. I think it's important to note too, that when we talk about gut bacteria, um, there, and a lot of people, when you hear bacteria, you have a fear, uh, because you're like, Oh, bacteria, we got to kill it all antibacterial, everything. And what people need to understand is that bacteria is actually positive. We have this nice balance when you have a nice balance of the good and bad bacteria that well, we, we need bacteria. We can feel our healthiest when we have this nice balance, but when we ingest antibiotics and, and, um, and, or it's being exposed to us through the chlorine or whatever that means, we kill all the bacteria, the good, the bad. And that's when it allows space for the bad to proliferate. Yeah. The ones that survive, yeah, are like the stronger, more virulent ones that we don't want to be there. And then something that people don't talk about very often is when you're taking, say, an antibiotic or all these things that kill the good bacteria and the bad, you're actually causing an increase in growth of fungus. So now you have this oh. overgrowth of candida and yeast. And so now there's this whole other gut issue, this gut infection out there called CFO, small intestine fungal overgrowth. And so we find that fungus overgrowth within the body can also cause bloating and digestive issues, irritability, weight gain, hormonal disturbances in women. So gut health is so paramount to connecting the whole entire body. 
It's huge. It's if we want to focus on gut health and we have bloat and IBS, what are some things that you tell to your clients to get started to help rebalance this gut microbiome? Mm -hmm. Yeah. First thing is diet. That's the first thing we look at is what they're putting in their mouth. And so there's a couple foods that can irritate your gut, cause something called leaky gut syndrome. And so foods like gluten or grains are really hard to digest. They cause inflammation in the body. And so number one, we avoid grains in the diet. Number two is we need to start getting rid of dairy as well. So unfortunately, more people are sensitive to dairy than they actually realize until they remove it and do a trial without it for a couple of weeks and then bring it back in. But there's a sugar in there called lactose, and it's a sugar that bacteria like to feed on, which can contribute to bloating as well. Other thing is processed seed oils. So you're talking like the canola, the safflower, the sunflower, all of those um, corn oil, soybean oil. It's in everything. Start reading your food packages. They cause a lot of inflammation within the body. And then um, the next thing is, is that we really want to increase our fiber intake. And so we want to get our fiber from vegetables. They're going to be okay. more tolerated. So there's a catch 22 here. Some people will tell me when they come in with bloating, I can't eat broccoli. I can't eat this certain vegetable. I bloat so big. And that tells me that their bacteria could be in their small intestine and it could be something called SIBO. So small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And if they can't tolerate certain vegetables, then there is definitely an imbalance going on. Leaky gut is happening. And so by removing and starving out those bacteria with what you're choosing to eat is so important to start rebalancing them. And then on top of that, you need to be taking probiotics to start bringing in some of the good guys and also eat probiotic foods, which will also bring in more of the good guys. So you're going to start to slowly correct this over time as you change your diet and take some supplements. Okay. So really fast. This is so much good information. Um, the first thing I want to note on is when you say remove grains, I think that there is, um, a lack of information when it comes to what grains are. Um, for me, when I was removing gluten, I also had to remove corn and I had to remove, um, like oats. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's, uh, when you say grains, I don't know if my listeners know exactly what that, what that is. Like yeah. when you say grains, what are the grains? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's go through it. So, yeah. yeah. What are grains? So this like, is what your... am I taking out? <laughs> yeah. So this is wheat. This is oats, corn, rice, barley, millet, sorghum. Those are probably your bigger ones. But I mean, the top four that people really recognize are wheat, oats, rice, and corn. Those are your right. biggest ones. And it's because they contain hard to digest proteins. That's what the gluten protein is. It's something that we can't break down, but it can cause leaky gut syndrome. And if anybody is ex- is interested in this, there's an awesome documentary out there uh, that you can get for free. It's called What is with Wheat or What's with Wheat. It came out in like 2016 and it talks about the whole problem with wheat. What happened to it? Why all of a sudden is the whole world sensitive to gluten? Why is every restaurant you know, promoting gluten-free products and rest in stores and, and everything. So this documentary will teach you what the issue with wheat is, how we got to this position, and also makes the connection between gluten and your gut health and gluten and your brain health. So happiness and mood. So there's, I love this documentary. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed. This this was actually, I mean, I don't know this documentary, but I've had um, others, but I've in real time, real experience have changed my my family's health from being ill to to being healthy again by removing gluten. And But it's so interesting when you pull back and you realize that gluten has changed. And because a lot of other generations are like, we've been eating this all the, like our entire mm-hmm. lives. Why now is it making everybody sick? And what we realize that when you finally study and look into pesticides and herbicides and how there are keeping wheat like proliferating and to make the most that they can, they have to use 
glyphosate and all different things that they are making us sick. And, um, but that being said, gluten affects not only your stomach, it affects like you'll have symptoms with your skin, with your mood, irritability, all those things. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I would love for everyone to know is that like, you're not only going to change your, your sick stomach or your, your pooping issues, you could really change your moods. And mm-hmm. that is huge. Um, but gluten is something that I'm so passionate about. I actually have a, I, I have a one-on-one coaching about how to live gluten-free in Bucks County, just because of that. Like I have done this for so long and it's hard to navigate what's gluten. A lot of gluten-free products have a lot of other grains in it that yep. upset other people's stomach. Mm-hmm. One of them that I struggle the most with is amaranth. There's amaranth in anything that's gluten-free, but I'm like, that yeah. is actually really harsh on my kid's stomach and they struggle with that. And I wind up having to find some difficulty finding things that don't have amaranth in it. I have. So if you want to know what they are, you can reach out to me, but yeah, um, it's, it's not as easy. You have to read, like you're saying, you have to read the labels and it's not an easy song and dance, but we're coming a really long way. And that's why it's showing up in all the restaurants, mm-hmm. gluten-free pizzas, gluten-free pasta. Um, gluten-free desserts because a lot of people are starting to see this change when they pull gluten out, they -hmm. start to feel better. Exactly. Um, You know, one of the things that you touched on that's really important to note is that, you know, you said that amaranth also bothers you, even though you are sensitive to gluten. And it's because a lot of these grains have something called molecular mimicry. And basically their gluten proteins all look similar to each other. So you could react yeah. to gluten, but you could also react to corn or you could react to rice. So just removing gluten may not be the only solution that you have to do. So if you're someone who suffers from bloating, you have to remove them all. Give your body a break, let it some time to heal. And this will help heal your gut as you remove these irritating foods in your digestive system. Because one thing we know about gluten specifically, which is found in wheat, is that it actually um, affects an enzyme where a protein in your GI tract called zonulin. And have you heard of this before, zonulin? Yes. Okay. So zonulin affects the leaky gut syndrome. How leaky are things happening? Are things getting into your bloodstream that should not, or are they being excreted as stool? So we know that just by removing gluten, you're not going to be stimulating leaky gut. You're not going to, you're going to be, you're going to be preserving that part of your intestines. Right. It's, it's amazing. And I, I try to explain when people have leaky gut, I'm like, think of it as your lining is like on fire and you have to remove all of the fuel to the fire. So that's mm-hmm. where it comes in the dairy, the high sugars, the gluten and all the grains. And a lot of people, you know, um, it's, that's a really tough transition because that's a lot of food that is of convenience for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to, um, think, oh, I'd rather just have a pill to put out that fire than to actually change my diet. Changing yes. of diet is very scary for a lot of people, which is why working with experts and with coaches is something that helps sustain your journey because you can give up really easily because right now our food system is for convenience and like removing all these things is not convenient. A little planning, a little effort, but it's doable. So I, I mean, I always tell people eat outside the grocery store. If it's whole, if your great grandmother could recognize it, then you should probably eat it. <laughs> right. I love okay. that. But let's circle back now about estrogen and um, estrogen dominance and um, bloat and IBS. And during those times of like PMSing, so, um, I think that's important to share for the women that are listening about your advice and what you think. Well, first explain kind of how that all comes into play and then what your advice is from there. 
Yeah. Like the, the question becomes, it might not be your hormones. It could be your gut health, right? So one thing we've understood in clinical research now is our gut bacteria, they have something called an astrobilome. And it basically means a microbiome for your estrogen clearance. And so what we find is that when the, these estrogen, the bacteria in our GI tract, they're responsible for deciding, does this estrogen get cleared out and removed via stool or are we recirculating it and bring it back in the body? And we know that there are dozens of bacteria that make this, what we call beta glucuronidase. That's the enzyme. And that's the one that's responsible for regulating estrogen. So we find that people with imbalanced guts, they have a higher level of this enzyme and this protein. And what ends up happening is now we have a higher level of estrogen in our body recirculating back in. And so we see that this could be contributing to PMS, you know, the cramping, this extreme heavy bleeding, endometriosis. And we can even dive into, you know, the risk of breast cancer because a lot of breast cancers out there, 70% of them are estrogen receptor dominant. That's so right. estrogen right. affects that. So we have to understand that when our gut is imbalanced, we could be recirculating more estrogen than we need. And that's causing our hormonal issues that we experience month to month. And so that's when we experience a lot of stress on the body. We experience bloating and other digestive issues that can even pair with it. So what do we do? Help us. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. So first off, we, we need to fix the gut. That's number one. Right. And so remove those foods that we talked about earlier, okay? That's going to put you in a healing state. Another thing is eating a lot of soups and stews. We didn't talk about what to bring in. And so soups and stews are extremely healing to the gut because when you have bloating, when you have acid reflux or any other IBS symptom, or even constipation, you're not breaking down your food as well. And it's harder to break down raw foods in the beginning. And so you should be eating more soups and stews. On top of that, broth has gut healing nutrients. So collagen, specific proteins that are going to repair your gut lining. So now two situations, we're removing the bad, the sugars, the refined carbs, the inflammatory oils, the dairy, and even, even fruit. Unfortunately, fruit is a big contributor to bloating as well. Um, now we're bringing in the good with soups and stews and cooked vegetables. And then the next thing we want to do specifically when it comes to vegetables is think about a specific type called the cruciferous vegetables. This is like your broccoli, yes. your cabbage, your cauliflower, right? This, these contain a specific nutrient that your liver needs to break down estrogen better. So it's called DIM. Um, and that one you can find in the supplement, but you can also get it in your vegetables. So eating a cup of cruciferous vegetables every day is going to really help you. And in the beginning, if you're suffering from bloating, like I said, they should be cooked or boiled in broth. So it's easier to break okay. down. So that's number one is having more fiber um, because we find that fiber is what also rebalances the gut and brings in the good bacteria and helps them grow. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So um, what we find is that removing the sugars is important. And then also alcohol we haven't talked about. Alcohol can cause leaky gut syndrome and that can cause an imbalance of the microbes in the gut as well. So reducing your alcohol intake, especially in the beginning when you're experiencing IBS symptoms is extremely important to 100% avoid it um, because okay. that's going to help. And the next thing is eating organic. We need you to avoid pesticides and those chemicals. Okay. They act like estrogen in the body. They're called xenoestrogens. Just like plastics right. act like estrogen, so do, so do these that's guys. Right. So by eating organic, you're also going to eliminate a lot of artificial chemicals and nutrients that are going to affect the microbiome too. So super, super easy things that you can get started today with to help with your estrogen balance and your gut health. Right. I, I completely agree. And actually I have a soup literally in my crock pot right now. So it makes me feel really good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm ahead of the game today. Yeah. It's good. But, um, but that being said, I've, I have had conversations with my sisters and all, and I eat a lot of vegetables, but I had to rebuild my gut after some issues prior. But, um, 
But that being said, they would always be like, how do you do that? I would stink up the place. And like, I would be like so bloated. And I was like, you have to get to a point where your, your gut microbiome can break that down. But in the beginning, you're right. It can't like it, you will have issues. And, and so, um, making them in stews and doing the bone broth and all of that is really super helpful. Um, and I like what you said about the fruit too, because that's a tough one. Cause you're thinking, well, it's natural sugar. It's not like, you know, uh, cane sugar or anything like that. But, um, when you're making this transition, you're not trying to feed the bad microbacteria. So you're trying to, and sugar feeds them, right? So mm -hmm. you're trying to pull all those things out, get more fiber in and, and you'll see such a difference in your PMS and in your symptoms. Um, it's really interesting when I, um, when I kind of divulge and, and have maybe some pizza or even have a weekend where I'm with friends and I'm drinking more alcohol than normal, I wind up experiencing um, left ovary pain that I never, mm. ever experienced when I am on my normal clean eating. Mm. And it's such a reminder to me that what I put in my body really matters. And yeah. so, so that being said, you can really make a difference in your own health by just making these changes. And it seems so overwhelming, but once this becomes your lifestyle, it really isn't overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And and when you start feeling the benefits of like, you don't have severe periods, you don't have the pain, you don't have the, um, cystic acne. You, um, I used to have cystic acne on my neck. Um, but when I pulled out the corn and the wheat or, um, and the oats, I got rid of my cystic acne. Wow. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is amazing. So <laughs> you really can use the, the food as medicine for yourself. And one of the reasons why I do this podcast is to educate on these things because we have we, we can do this for ourselves. We don't need to be going to doctors sometimes. Sometimes it's just a diet change and being more intentional about what you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love hearing all of these things. However, that being said, I think it's super important to get your hormone levels like taken to see where you're at, if you're estrogen dominant, and if you're having issues with that to help learn how to rebalance them, mm -hmm. just a prevention of cancer and all of those other things that we talked about. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. Always so, good to see where you're at. Get a little thermometer on what's happening currently is very, very important. Yes. Or have a baseline. Yeah, exactly. So, so one and, thing that, one thing that you mentioned that I want to kind of touch back on was sure. you, and this goes back to the gut health stuff, right? So we talked about bringing in some of the good vegetables to help clear some of this estrogen and some of the hormones that we're discussing, but some yeah. women can't tolerate it in the beginning. And I okay. think it's important to talk about some supplements that you can use in the beginning that can help mm. you start to break down your food. So we have to understand that if you're having bloating, constipation, or acid reflux, you're not making enough stomach acid and you're not making enough digestive enzymes. And so eating becomes a stress on the body. And that's when you have the issues. So what we need okay. to do in the interim is use digestive enzymes in the beginning of your journey for gut healing so that we can just take some of that stress off of your organs. So they okay. can relax a little bit and they can heal. Now, here's one thing I want to delineate is when you go online and you look up digestive enzymes, you're going to see all these enzymes that end in ASE, amylase, protease, lipase, all these ACEs, which is great. This is what your pancreas releases. But the one nutrient that is absolutely missing from all of these enzymes that is required to remove bloating is called betaine HCL. And this okay. is what will increase your stomach acid. And this is the literally the first thing that you want to add in. Now, when it comes to buying supplements, betaine HCL should always be found by itself in its own digestive enzyme bottle. It should not be mixed with others because okay. part of acid's job, part of stomach acid's job or betaine's job is to increase acidity of the stomach. Acid breaks down protein. These other digestive enzymes are made of proteins. So if they're in the same okay. pill 
you're going to actually deactivate as soon as it gets to your stomach, some of these enzymes that your body's actually looking to use. So keeping the betaine separate is super important. And I find that this is the one missing piece in all of my patients that come to see me. They're not using betaine HCL. Another way that you can release um, acid in your belly is to actually take a little bit of vinegar with all of your meals. And it sounds kind of crazy, but if you have yeah. acid reflux, if you have bloating, you want to take a little tablespoon of apple cider vinegar is my favorite because it has fermented foods in it and it's got some That's good right. bacteria. It's got the mother. Yeah, it's got the mother in it, right? So you're going to be actually giving you some probiotics too. Um, but any vinegar that doesn't have any sugar really works, but a tablespoon of vinegar in one to two to three ounces of water and take that with Love your it. meal. You can do it first thing in the morning. You can do it at the end of the day. You can do it when you're nauseous. You can do it when you're bloated, when you ate too much, when you had pizza and you feel gross. This is a tool that everybody has in their kitchen that you can apply today. So if you're not, if you don't have betaine HCL, start with this, the acid. If you don't like the taste of that, drink it with a straw, find a way to right. get it in. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a lot of people ask me also about the um, apple cider vinegar, like gummies and like the capsules and those kinds of things. I mean, it's okay to take it in a capsule form if you can find it. I'm not a big fan of gummies because of the fillers that they have to use and the colorings right. that they use and the, and the sugary stuff that they have to make it taste delicious with. But taking it in a pill form is totally acceptable as well. It can do the same thing and help your digestive system with the bloating right now. So by using this digestive enzymes, you could start to eat foods that maybe you weren't able to eat before. This is important, because especially when it comes to vegetables, because now you're bringing in those fibers, you're helping your body to break it down a little bit better and all the other nutrients that come with it. And then now your gut bacteria, the good guys get to feed on the fiber that they're looking for and aching for and itching for. So it's a oh, slow process, it. but it takes a couple weeks. Right. Well, so that's important to note. Um, anytime you make a lifestyle change and diet and all, you have to give your body some grace and that it's not going to be day one where you're going to see this ultimate, you know, change of all symptoms. But the other thing that I want to talk about too, it's, it's just so interesting when people have acid reflux or they're, they're having, um, they feel like they feel the acidity to put apple cider vinegar, it almost feels like the opposite of what you're supposed yeah, to be doing, especially yeah. when um, a lot of people, you, you take um, like calcium uh, Tums or things to try to neutralize it. But what you're, what you're saying is that you actually want more stomach acid to break these things down to pass them through. And yes. so that was a really important tip. And um, I do start my day with apple cider vinegar and water. I just feel like I'm like a top student for you. <laughs> I feel like A for the day. I'm doing great today. I got my soup going. I do my apple cider vinegar. Um, but I'm You're also winning. obsessed with that. <laughs> I just feel like I, if I had a report card, I would get an A. Yes. Um, but that being said, um, in which just that my whole day is complete. But that being said, um, it's just, it's, I love that I'm able to connect with you in this way in that um, I, I have a passion for the microbiome because it has served my family. And so I love the work that you're doing and, and shedding light to your clients and your patients and saying like, Hey, like I can help you. And you have some of these tools at your fingertips that you don't even know that's in your kitchen already. And everybody, please check out Dr. Laura Donna's website. And all of these links will be listed under um, the show notes. So please check that out. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is Dr. Laura Donna is local to the Bucks County area. She's in Newtown. And mm -hmm. so for all you listening out there, if you really connect with her today and, and are connecting with what she's talking about and want her to coach you through this, she offers so many different services. And Dr. Laura Donna, I just want to say thank you so much for today. Mm -hmm. And um, we are have already talked about another episode because we just sync up in this geeking out of the microbiome <laughs> and gut health. Um, so anyway, that being said, um, 
it's time to say goodbye, I guess, sadly. Yeah, I guess can I share a little bit about some – I got some free gut health information that people can access Please. online. So yes. I have a YouTube channel. Please check out my shorts. I have some long, mid-length videos and long videos there about gut okay. health, about what you could be doing right now. So check that out. It's at Life Great. Mod Solutions. That's also my Instagram and Facebook. And um, I also have okay. a gut course online. It's Say Bye Bye to Bloat and IBS. It's a two-week online program. It's going to take you step-by-step through everything that you need to do to fix your gut, plus give you access to all the supplements that I talked about today. And it's a nice, structured, laid-out plan that's easy to follow. So you can feel better within a week of starting this program. So check out my Bye Bye Bloat and IBS course. It's on my website at lifemodsolutions.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And and as to all my listeners, as I always say, you do you, stay well, and keep them healthy. <laughs>